We know objectively that Jesus is the chief shepherd of the church, uh, that he builds the church, not us. But when you're in the weeds week to week, you can preach a different sermon with the way you operate. And so I think what a sabbatical is just a gift in is it forcibly removes you from the situation. And I think that's really humbling for us as pastors to be reminded experientially that Jesus is the head of the church, not us. Welcome back to the Small Town Summit Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Whittinghill. Today we are talking about sabbaticals. Why should pastors get a sabbatical? And how can small town churches even begin to think about providing their pastors with one? Here to talk about this topic today is Tim Counts, who is part of our Small Town Summit leadership team and directs our articles. We also have Dan Crichton and Joel Saddam. Dan and Joel are both pastors in Rhode Island and are part of our partner team there. All of these brothers have taken sabbaticals, have benefited greatly from them, and have a lot of wisdom to share. So we pray that this conversation is a blessing to you as you consider the value and the merits of sabbaticals for you as a small town pastor or as a church for your pastor. May the Lord bless you by this conversation. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. And a fun fact about this episode, Dan and Tim and I already recorded this. And because of technical difficulties, we lost the recording, but we got Joel's damn instead. So now we're ready to rock. That product must not have been something that was going to be helpful. So Joel, man, glad that you're on. Good to have you. Good and to be uh, here. Sorry, sorry you didn't get the invite the first time, but we learned our lesson. The hard way and uh, you're here now so man let's start by um, some brief introductions and then we'll dive into this topic of sabbaticals so joel why don't we start with you yeah joel sadam uh, mount hope church bristol rhode island um, we've uh church we planted eight years almost eight years ago and uh during that time i've had the privilege of taking two sabbaticals awesome tim yeah, it's always good to be here on the podcast, Ben. Appreciate your work. So my name is Tim Counts. I'm the pastor at Northshire Baptist Church in Manchester Center, Vermont. And I've been serving at this church for eight and a half years. I've been a pastor for a little over 16 years. And I took a sabbatical in the summer uh, for part of the summer of 2022. And it was a great experience. So excited to talk about that. Yeah, you should have to include in your intro how many sabbaticals you've helped other people get too. So, so Ben is referring to a small town summit article. Uh, so, little advertisement, shameless advertisement for our articles. And uh, yeah, I was amazed. I I wrote an article in October 2022, so it was about two months after we got back about how we planned our sabbatical. It's called a sabbatical for a small town pastor: the why and the how. And I'm not really sure, but I think I know of three or four at this point who've either taken one or been in the process. Um, they used it to maybe share with their leadership and get the process started, or at least to help them along the way. So maybe that can do the same for some other guys listening to this today who haven't seen that yet. Yeah, that's a good segue to Dan. Yeah, Dan Creighton, uh, Grace Bible Church, Cranston, Rhode Island. I'm one of those guys. That uh, that article was super helpful. Um, to move me into a sabbatical. So took my first sabbatical um, this past summer and found it super helpful. And it's a joy to uh, share these things with other pastors in hopes that they too can be encouraged in this way. Well, I, I think it's usually helpful to start out kind of defining what we mean by certain things so that we're not talking about uh, different concepts of sabbaths versus sabbaticals and uh if these should if every church should feel obligated to do this or not so can somebody give us kind of a working definition of what sabbaticals are what they're not and what we're talking about today tim you wrote the article you better start okay <laughs> so so uh i would say that a sabbatical is an intentional time of rest that is designed 
to meet certain goals in cooperation with the church and a pastor's family. And all that I mean by that is that it's not necessarily an extended vacation time, although it could be that, at least partly, uh, if that's what the needs are. But there's a certain focus, I think, in a sabbatical on, I want to come back as a better pastor and as a better husband, better father, just kind of getting kind of a reset in my my own walk with the Lord, all, all of the above that that impacts who we are as pastors. So I think it's more intentional than vacation time. And because of that, it's longer. And then I'll explain some thoughts on that later. But I, I think because of that, there needs to be some conversations with church leadership and family and with the Lord about what that should look like as it's being shaped. Right. And it, so to your point, it can uh, it can consider professional development or writing if that's what a pastor's gifted in, but it doesn't have to. And I think sometimes pastors feel like there has to be this sort of productive element to them in order to kind of merit them. But uh, when we're talking about a, a sabbatical, it could have a lot of different forms or, or formats, depending on the needs of the pastor, the needs of the church. So Dan, I'll kick this one over to you. Why should churches consider giving sabbaticals to pastors? I think that's probably the most frequent question that I hear raised when sabbaticals come up is, is there biblical merit for them? Why, why should pastors get to take sabbaticals and not other professions? So if a church was weighing through this, not yet even getting to the how, like how are we going to pull this off, but really kind of with the why, what's the motivation or the the heart behind giving this gift to a pastor? I think that can be answer, answered several ways. But um, so first of all, I don't think sabbaticals kind of originated in church life and pastoral ministry. I think academia, in the universities, seminaries, um, professors would go away for a year, write a book, study, prepare. And it kind of does present kind of a good model to pastors who are teaching and always pouring out their life for the congregation to have some time set aside to re-engage with God, re-engage with family, and re-engage with the word in a way that it's not just um, a week-to-week -week giving out um, sermon, perhaps. So I think that a, a church is really wise in giving a pastor a sabbatical for the sake of his own walk with the Lord. He's, he's going to be a better pastor, I think. I think we see it in the life of Jesus in the Gospels. He gets away from time to time with his disciples. Clearly, um, rest is necessary in the life of a individual. So I, I think some of our church folks will wonder, you know, why should a pastor get a sabbatical like this when I don't get two months off from work? In some ways, that can be hard to answer, you know. Um, this isn't something that's absolutely you know, mandatory in the life of a pastor. But I think it's helpful, useful for his own upbuilding and, and for the good of the church in the long run. It's helpful. Anybody else have anything that you would add to that on the on the why behind a sabbatical? Yeah, I mean, I think I would just add that uh, just the pastor coming back rested and refreshed spiritually is productive as, as a goal in and of itself, you know? And so I think sometimes we feel like we have to justify kind of what the, what the net outcome is going to be of this to, to make it worthwhile. But I think if, if a congregation really cares not only for their pastor, but for the health of their church, I think they'll see the value of it. Just, just even if that is the net result. And I think there's a helpful reorientation of that question to not like, why should we have to give this to a pastor when we don't get this? But just aside from the comparative, which is such an enemy of joy, just to be able to say, hey, is this gift, it's not merit-based, like you've earned this, but is this a gift that is going to help our pastor and our church in the long term? That is the question. And if the answer is yes, then the question becomes, well, then how, how can we facilitate this? What are some ways that we could structure this to make it happen? So I think it would be helpful for people to hear how you guys came 
to take a sabbatical and what the Lord has done for you or for your church as a result of that, if they're considering, okay, is it, is it helpful to pastors though? Is it helpful to churches? So I'd love for you guys to speak into that. How did you come to take a sabbatical? How has the Lord used them to be a blessing to you? Yeah, Ben, I was, I was going to say kind of going off of your last question, it was, it was one thing that was kind of funny to me and I wasn't quite sure how to take this at first. And then I realized it was a good thing. Um, one of our leaders, when I came back, actually made the comment, I think I'd been back for about a month and we were in a leadership meeting and he said, so I was gone for 10 weeks and he said, you know, the 10 weeks went pretty quick. We, we didn't miss you that much. <laughs> and and uh, I think that he said it in the context in a really positive way, kind of like he he had seen at that point after I'd been back about a month, how much God had used it in my life. And it was kind of like, hey, this was a good investment for the church. We're really, really glad. And, and I think what encouraged me with that in the context of him saying that, he meant it in a good way, is that it was good for the church as well to be able to, to know that I'm not Jesus and that they have giftings within the church as well as the greater body of Christ that can be a blessing during a, a unique time like that. Um, but to get to your question of how did I come to take a sabbatical, um, and then I'd love to answer a little bit more of what the Lord's done through them after we hear from some of the other guys, is um, when I came to my church, they actually had told me that I would get a sabbatical after five years. And I think the reason is our church has been around over 40 years now, and the average length of a pastor's tenure was two to three years. So uh, there had been one pastor that had been here seven years, and the rest, it was about every two to three years. And I think it was the pastor before me. I'm not sure if the idea came up before that. Uh, he was only here two years, and he just suggested as they were starting to get to plan for me for the next pastor. They just didn't know it was me yet. And I didn't know that either. Um, they had just decided as they had done a little bit of research that a sabbatical might be a good thing to offer uh, to see if God could use that with longevity. And um, so it was just offered when I came in, but then our five years was about 2020. And um, there, there was no way I was going to, I, I think I had realized that I had missed the five-year mark and it made more sense in our family. I was going to bring it up for the six-year mark. And then there was no way that made sense as we were still trying to figure things out, even in 2021, you know, as, as all families and churches and even businesses were. Um, so then that's why we planned for 2022 and, and why it was seven years, but it, it just seemed right in many ways for our church and for our family. Dan and Joel, did, did you guys, did your churches have a kind of policy or idea in place before you got to it or earlier on, like long before you took it? Or was that something that you had to bring up to your congregations to um, explain to them or at least to your elder boards to explain and, and work through? Yeah, um, we were blessed to be planted with the idea of sabbaticals already in place. So the church that we were planted out of was already doing sabbaticals for their staff. So I count myself very fortunate. It was just kind of there. It was expected. And yet we didn't, I didn't take a sabbatical. And I think it was until my uh, fifth year after we planted. So it still needed to be kind of re-explained to people, but Everybody was very, you know, enthusiastic about it. I, there was, I just remember 2020 being a hard year for some reason. I can't remember what happened, but um, yeah, you know, 2021 rolled around and man, I was, I was fatigued like all American pastors and probably world pastors at that point and just so exhausted. And so the sabbatical came at a, at a really good time. And um, just thankful that our church valued that and we had it in place. So we were ready to go. So it was it was a pretty seamless thing. And I do recommend, you know, to guys who are planting, that's a good thing to just put in kind of your foundational documents, um, you know, to just help your church value it and help protect that. Because, man, things get moving and it can just get away from you. And before you know it, you're you're struggling along. So. And all these things segue to you, brother. We so we know that you got the nudge towards sabbatical 
from Tim. How long had you been pastoring before you took your first sabbatical? Yeah, so here at Grace Bible, it had been 15 years. So it, it's something we had talked about several times as elders, and I had been encouraged for years to take one, you know, often thinking I can't be away, you know, um, making a lot of excuses. I would joke with pastor friends like Joel, I'm not a millennial, I don't need a sabbatical, I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it really was Tim Counts' article that kind of pulled the trigger for us as a church. It was something tangible I could hand to our elders. Came at a good time. We had had, yeah, just a lot of family needs um, in the year before. So ministry-wise, family-wise, um, we were pretty much running on E by that time. And yeah, I'm really thankful for Tim's article, but it had been a long time in coming. I wish, like Joel, you know, or Tim... Our church had a better plan. I think that's something we're going to move toward, um, something more organized, but it was way down the road for us. Wait, so Dan, this is probably helpful for you to speak to guys in kind of your generation that have been pastoring for 20, 30 years or, or more. You know, sabbaticals may seem like these newfangled things that whippersnappers need because they're soft, you know, and so... What would you say to guys that are listening in and be like, why are you giving a whole episode to this idea? And like, why are pastors so soft now? Yeah, I don't know that it's so soft. I would just have to say I, I wasn't fully aware of the, the good that it would bring to my own soul and to our church as well. It was good for my walk with the Lord. It was it was good to it was good for my marriage. So I don't know. I to be honest with you, I think it's a pride thing sometimes. It was for me. You know, you, you you can think you're just Superman and you can, you know, do it year after year and you don't need to rest um, and you can just go and go. And, you know, my father-in-law and dad were both pastors 35 and 40 years. They never took a sabbatical and praise God, he gives you the energy and strength to do that. But um, then there's guys like Martin Lloyd-Jones and Spurgeon that took a month or two months off every year to get in the word and get with the Lord and get with their family, get back, you know, well refreshed to serve the church. Yeah. I think that's helpful to point out, like there's nothing um, that's commendable in itself about taking one or not taking one. It's a, it's a gift to be enjoyed and a good gift from God, but it doesn't make you, it's not like a, a notch in your belt to have never taken one or to have taken fewer if it's a, a grace from God and a gift. Yeah. I want to let any who, who would like to speak into what the Lord's done through them. And then I want to get real practical and kind of creative ways that small churches can think about structuring them or even implementing this, which is probably more difficult for small town churches or under-resourced churches than it would be for churches in a larger context. So how has the Lord used sabbaticals in your life in the life of your church uh since you've taken them yeah i have i have four main ways so the first was definitely improved health that's <clears throat> one reason that i think each church and each pastor each pastor's family needs to to have a lot of communication in all of this and in the planning and 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 in the why if you're at the point of seriously talking about taking one i think for me it was it was obvious that I needed to to rest and I needed to to have focused time with family. So just on the improved health part, I started to have some severe symptoms of anxiety at the beginning of the sabbatical. And I don't think that it was just from from knowing the whole situation and just being brief on the podcast here. I don't really think that it was because I was letting go of things like I shared this with somebody and they thought it was because I was struggling with letting go and not being at the church. But I think it was just that idea of the body keeping the score and just finally kind of having a a door for things to to enter into because the rest was there. And so I I just immediately started to try to get a full night's sleep every night. And it made a huge difference by the end. Um, started running again. I something I, I used to enjoy, but hadn't done for a long time, and and that carried on um, later. And and I think just with improved health, I just learned that I kind of know what it 
what it feels like now to not be as tired. And it doesn't mean that I'm always there with regular life and responsibilities, but it was kind of a good benchmark to be able to go back to. Um, the next was just reset in ministry and my walk with God. I was able to dig deeper into who I am as a child of God rather than as a pastor first. And I had church members who who pointed out they saw a difference in me in that. Um, I grew in confidence and leadership through that. And I think it was just digging into that. What's my identity rather than finding my identity in, in preaching every week um, and everything else that goes along with being a pastor. And then just quickly relationship investment. You know, it's just time with families, never wasted time. And, and we know that, but there's just unique pressures on a pastor and his family. And I think given to Dan's point earlier, I wouldn't say it's required nowadays, but I will say in talking to older pastor friends, I think one difference, because I'm not a millennial, I'm in that generation that's just outside of being a millennial, and I don't really know what I am. So, <laughs> you know, I've had had some pastor friends older than me that have just shared how it, it is different right now. There's There's unique challenges. I mean, there's all things we can do, like turn off our phone at night or go put it away unless there's an emergency or but we're just more accessible than we used to be. And that tends to make things feel more on all the time, um, where I think there was a little more office-based pastoral ministry in the past. So that was really good for my family, just to, the church knew who they were supposed to contact. They knew it wasn't me. And it was really good for me and my family. And just conversations with my wife that had nothing to do with church. Um, I too often had would just go back into talking about ministry automatically. And then the last thing is just a writing or study project. Uh, each pastor, each church needs to figure out what's best. But I, I think my counsel on that would be make sure your church knows that it's not like you're required to turn something in when it's over. It, I think the planning that needs to go into it is what would best fill me up as, as a pastor. And not, not to be selfish, but the goal is to come back rested and refreshed spiritually. So writing does that for me. So I really wanted some time to just be able to write. And uh, it was great that the church wasn't like, so where's your book? You know, there wasn't that expectation. It was like, just have fun. And, and part of that writing time was articles. Part of it was a book idea. Part of it was research and reading. And it was just a huge blessing. But my one counsel on that would be, I had a pastor friend who's now an author he had been a pastor and he had counseled me don't take more than two weeks during her time off and i planned for three but my sabbatical was two months and two weeks and it felt like it was a little too much um so i would say don't do more than like a week per month that that kind of felt right for me anyway cool helpful tim praise god for how he used it for you joel how about yeah, you man cool. what's what's the lord done through those times away yeah, I, I think just one thing I would just add is, you know, we know objectively that Jesus is the chief shepherd of the church, uh, that he builds the church, not us, that he's sovereign. We we know all those things theologically, but when you're in the weeds week to week, you just, you can preach a different sermon with the way you operate. And, and so I think what a sabbatical is just a gift in is it forcibly removes you from the situation. You know, your your face is no longer up close on all the problems, but it just removes you from it. And you actually don't you don't know what's going on. And I think that's really humbling for us as pastors to be reminded experientially that Jesus is the head of the church, not us. And and I think what happens, I mean, it's probably a little I think I remember it being a little tough getting adjusted to that in in the first week or two. But you start experiencing a communion with Jesus that gives you just a tranquility of spirit and you come back. And I just, I just remember, um, you know, we were blessed to have some, some elders who were, you know, holding things together, at, uh, when I was gone. And, uh, I remember coming back to a sticky member care situation and just feeling just so calm in my spirit you know, so they were they were anxious, but because I had had this this time of rest, I was able to enter it and to engage in it in a way that I probably wouldn't have if if I was in the thick of it, mm. you know, like I had been. And I, and I think so. 
I think what I want to say there is just, it's really important to remind us as pastors to, for us to be humbled and remember this is the Lord's church, but then to train those trust muscles through kind of imposed rest that will then hopefully spill over into our return for us to just be not anxious, but just calm and engaged faithfully in the Lord's work. Mm. I think that's what I would add. That's so good, Joel. Mm. I, I resonate with that. When I came back from mine, so I I took one this summer too. And I, I really, one of my chief prayers was just to be renewed. And after being back, I have just felt just an increased joy and a strength for doing the work of ministry that really was like replenished stores. You know, it's um, my trust in God and my hope in God for what he wants to do in our church has been lifted and restored. And, and I just think, yeah, having fresh legs to be able to come back in and to run with endurance has been a huge benefit, a huge benefit for me. Dan, how about you? Yeah, I would ditto um, all you guys have said. In fact, my daughter, one of my daughters said, man, dad, since you've been back, your preaching is so much better. We should have sent you on a sabbatical a long time ago. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that was a compliment or uh, more criticism, but yeah. yeah, I think you do come back really refreshed. Um, one of my goals was to read through John Owen's uh, Communion with God and the Focus Series And anybody that hears me talk about sabbaticals, I always have to point to this because I just structured mine around three or four hours a day reading. And that was flexible if we had stuff going on. And I was gone for about uh, nine weeks, but it was just good to soak in the word and just walk along with Owen in um, communion with God. It was good for my soul. I was surprised at how deep God's work of um, just calling me to repentance in different areas, how deep it went. You know, so many times um, as pastors, we're always looking at how to help others change and grow. And so it was, it was good for me to get away with the Lord and for him to kind of shine light on my attitude and my words and my thoughts. And my communion with God, I think, was probably paramount as far as takeaways um, from my sabbatical, as well as with my wife. We just had a great time. So we had an opportunity to be actually away for eight of the weeks. And I really recommend if it's possible to kind of create distance between you and the work, but um, it was just good. And about four weeks into it, my wife turned to me and said, I didn't think we needed to do this, but I can see we did because of what we're doing right now, you know, and I'm like, what are we doing? She said, talking. You weren't doing this before. And it's just, to Tim's point, it's easy to talk about ministry and day-to-day -day life, but to kind of lose that communion with your family. And so those are some, yeah, really important ways that God was at work through my life um, through the sabbatical. So good. And it's really why, I mean, even before we started this call, we were praying and giving God thanks to our churches for these gifts, because they really are just great great gifts for our souls, but I think also long-term you guys have borne witness to for the church itself. So maybe somebody's listening in, come in skeptical. Uh, somebody sent this to them because they would have never listened to a, a podcast on sabbaticals themselves. And now they're like, okay, even if this was something that we thought there was merit to, how would we, how would we get this done? You know, we, we can't afford to send our pastor away for 10 weeks, Tim, we're so happy for you, but like, that's not feasible for us. So how might small churches think about incorporating a sabbatical policy for their pastors or even a one-time sabbatical for their pastors? You know, one, one thing that I just wanted to share is I think the communication and the planning is so important in this regard, because with something like vacation time, it's, it's usually expected. I mean, you, you get into a pattern of this is how much vacation time I have. And the church often even gets used to kind of, this is when he usually takes vacation or, you know, it's just, it's kind of expected and just part of everybody's life to a, to a degree, but a sabbatical is so different. Uh, for our church, we actually spent about 18 months planning and 
when I say that, what I mean is that's when the conversations with the leadership started. So I, I think um, for us, that was good so that we had enough time to plan and get it fit into the right season and, and get plans together for uh, pulpit supply and other needs. But uh, so I think that's a big help. I think there just has to be communication with leadership and then communication with the congregation and then with your wife as well as part of the planning process. So with the congregation, one thing that really helped us is because I am the lead pastor and had more, more time to think about it, <clears throat> we were having discussions with leadership, but I went ahead and put together kind of a PDF, a couple of pages long of this is where things are going. This is why sabbatical. These are the goals. This is the plan. And, uh, you know, without giving too much, but not too little. And uh, the leadership looked over that, gave feedback. And then somebody sent it out for me. So that was really helpful because then if somebody was uncomfortable with it, they could talk to him as an elder first rather than uh, directly to me. And um, and so I think that was really good, but also positive feedback. You know, people were excited about it as well. And the reason I mentioned wife is because she may not be in those leadership meetings. She probably isn't. So I think it's just super important. I can't stress enough to guys like don't lay your sabbatical plan on top of your family talk to your wife about it pray with her about it dream about it it's part of the fun just just planning for it and then see what god does yeah so tim you do is it is it 10 weeks every five years or tim like what's your specific just very quickly the setup that you guys have because i don't want to go to joel because he's got a very unique setup I'm actually that? really glad that you asked that, Ben, because I, I think we're indicative of many small churches. I was thinking when Dan was sharing about needing to set up some sort of policy or, or something that is, you know, so there's not a, a question of how does this happen or when. Yeah, we, I mean, the church offered it to me when I came. Other than saying five years initially, there was no, there was nothing else. You know, there was no policy. There was nothing set up like this is how long it is or anything like that so that just came out of research of kind of seeing what others had done mm -hmm. um there was a a podcast with nine marks that was helpful to me and then um, a grant and some other resources that i just found kind of googling online um and so they had i didn't get the grant but there was info in there that was helpful kind of like this is what a lot of pastors do and that sort of thing. So the reason I'm excited to share that on the Small Town Summits podcast is because if your church is like mine, um, some of you have leaders who are like super gung-ho and they're going to help you put a policy together. For me, if I'm not doing that or leading, we have great leadership, but you know, I have to help lead them in that because um, they're all busy and we're a small church. And so um, we don't really have a policy, but we we're communicating about it right now and probably, you know, remind them in a year or so, like, Hey, can we talk about this again? And just start to plan out, even if it's years, years down the road, you know, like five, five years from now or something. We might all just copy and paste Joel's policy. So Joel, man, tell us about what you guys came up with as kind of a creative way of structuring sabbaticals. Yeah. I, I think where a lot of guys get stuck, a lot of churches get stuck is they, they just have kind of a one dimensional look at what a sabbatical could look like and it and it might be what they're seeing you know of some popular pastor who they heard you know took a sabbatical or what they're seeing in academia so it might look like something like every seven years there's like a three-month sabbatical and as i think about our context just small small towns small churches i just don't think that's really helpful uh to us it it presupposes um often a, a larger church, a well-staffed church that can handle their pastor being gone three or more months. Um, what we found in our, our policy wasn't, uh, we inherited it. I We got it from our sending church and I don't know where they got it from, but essentially what we do is um, we do more sabbaticals, um, but for lesser amounts of time, I guess you could say. So so we split up into three cycles and each cycle is two years. So the first cycle would be a, a two-year cycle. At the end of that cycle, you can take a one-month sabbatical. And then you you start your second cycle, which is another two years. At the end of that cycle, you can take another one, 
uh, one month sabbatical. But then on the third cycle, uh, I was entitled to a to a two month sabbatical. And what I've appreciated about that is I think it's doable for our church. You know, it 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 doesn't put too much of a burden on our church to see me gone for you know, a one month sabbatical or even a two month sabbatical. We have elders in place. We have, we're, we're connected with other churches where we can invite other pastors to come and do pulpit supply for us. And so it's, it's not a burden on our church, but I found just as a, as a dad of little ones, it's such a blessing for my family to be able to get these, these breaks, you know, with me. And instead of me getting to the point of burnout every seven years, but to just have these little kind of respites where I'm able to be refreshed, get time with my family. I think my kids are going to look back on this when they get older with just a lot of fondness and appreciation for our church that they gave that to me. And um, and so what comes out of it is you're just you're getting rest regularly, but you're getting what you need and in a way that is not too burdensome to your your context that you're in. Yeah, what I really like about that, I do think it's a really generous and gracious policy, but I think that it just reminds me of going from waiting till the light comes on to fill up the gas tank to go ahead and, and fill it up because you can and you want to stay full. It seems like that that's a really gracious structure to ensuring like, hey, we love you. We want to make sure that you stay full and that you stay refreshed and energized because you have this great weighty responsibility and we want you to, to steward it well rested in, in communing with the Lord. Dan, anything that you would add to that? Do you guys have specific policy in place yet or anything that you would add to how to kind of structure these things creatively for small churches? Um, so one thing I did previous to this, we would take our two week um, vacation in August and I would not preach the Sunday. So that would be mean I would be gone two Sundays, but then I would also not preach the Sunday before I left or the Sunday after I came back. So it would give me actually a month off of preaching. And that became very helpful to me and probably, you know, was that sustaining rest um, annually. So I, I like Joel's um, thoughts here. I, I think we do have to think about it in a small town context of maybe shorter amounts of time more regularly. And I think it's important to know that in the small town summit network, there are faithful gospel preachers that I think as a brotherhood, we're willing to help one another with pulpit supply. And so I think as more guys get involved with the small town summit, they're going to find guys that will, be more than happy to come alongside and and serve them and their church to make something like this happen. That's a great point, Dan. Yeah, I'm Dan. I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking, um, you know, that's that's part of why that uh, leader said that to me after I've been back about a month um, because we were able to budget and plan ahead of time to bring guys in who maybe uh, we normally would not have for just regular pulpit supply for vacation um, because we had planned it into the budget. So we planned like a hotel the night before, something that would be refreshing to them as well. So they would have a little time away. And um, what that did is it it enabled us to bring in preachers that, that I know throughout New England because of small town summits or things like that, um, that normally would not come just for a week when I'm on vacation. So I think the church was just really blessed. And then kind of mixing that with maybe every other week or every two weeks with, you know, in our case, a staff uh, pastor, or um, it could be an elder or deacon who enjoys preaching. Um, but that that worked really well for us. And I think it blessed the congregation. So I really appreciate you mentioning that, Dan. All right, brothers. Well, we're coming up on time. So what, I want to do a rapid fire session on this last bit, which is... What are your quick hit tips or for best practices for either churches or pastors considering a sabbatical? One or two things that you found like, hey, this is just a really helpful little tip. Like for me, I'd give one. I set up an away email message that straight up told people, I will never see this email ever. You can reach out if it's urgent to these other two pastors. They'd be happy to help you with pastoral matters. 
if you would like for me to see this email, please resend it upon my return on this date. And I came back so free that I didn't have a summer's worth of emails to catch up on. And I just, I found that on some sabbatical tip website and I was like, oh, that is genius. And I don't know what it's like to not have that set up, but I think I felt a lot more refreshed having set that up. So any kind of tips like that you guys would add of like, Hey, yeah, this was really important or this was good. To kind of play off of that, um, Ben. Yeah. I think um, creating distance is, I think it just gives mileage to your sabbaticals. So for us, it meant just being out of town, you know, somewhere else that we could find housing and a place to stay. But also because I have older children, married children in our church, you know, when they would call or whatever, we had a rule. Don't say anything about church life. I'm not going to ask you. You don't tell me. Because most people don't get it. One statement or one just issue being raised on the phone can send you for about four or five days and really create a problem. So anyway, yeah, creating distance, I think, and guarding your your uh, dialogue, church life would be helpful. I had a similar thing because I, I wanted to see my fellow elders because they're some of my best friends. So we just were kind of playing around like, hey, when I'm in town, let's get together for lunch, but we're just going to hang out as brothers. And, uh, and they really honored that. So I like still got to see them and we still got mm-hmm. to spend time together. But it was like getting together for a meal and talking about our families and how sabbatical was going and not just like, oh, good, we're so glad that we can meet because we, we need to get some stuff off of our chest or anything like that. So yeah, uh, that was cool. Joel or Tim? Yeah, I think something Tim said earlier just about communication and planning on the front end is so vital. And what I don't want to ha- have happen is that it's like, hey, guys, here's the keys. I'm I'm leaving. And and everyone's trying to figure out what they need to do. And so I think if you're as a pastor, you know, I plan the services. I count that as being under the word ministry of the church. And so when it came to planning the worship gatherings, I just mapped all that out on the front end before I left. That was that was something I wanted them to just know. Here's the order of service. Here's the person who's going to be preaching. Here's the person doing the scripture reading. And I just I just did it all just so they didn't have to worry about that. Because once again, we don't want us leaving to create a burden on our churches. And um, so I, w- I would recommend just some real proactive planning before you leave town. I would say I was I was surprised by how difficult uh, reentry was in some ways. So I'm not entirely sure what the solution is to that, but I just wish I had mentally uh, been prepared a little more uh, for coming back into into ministry. And um, so, Lord willing, if there's a next time, that's that's my plan is just to kind of be there mentally a little more in some way, and um, and. I, I'm again, I'm not sure what the solution is to that, but I just wanted to share it that I think it's just good to kind of be aware of that, that I think reentry can be difficult for pastors sometimes. And then uh, the other thing that comes to mind is just to enjoy it. You know, it's a, it, like we said, it's not a requirement, but it's a gift from God and from a church if they're able to pull it off. And um, I think that it's just good to be able to enjoy a gift of God and not have some sort of low level guilt going on, but to just know, Hey God, I'm so grateful for this time. And I'm so excited to see what you're going to do. And I think that kind of opens up our hearts to him as well, to just be able to enjoy his gift. Man, Tim, you said about the reentry thing, that was going to be my last thing that I was going to add. I, I had somebody tell me that you said that. And then somebody told me about kind of ramping back up and kind of viewing the first week as like, 70 percent and then 80 you know and kind of ramping back into it and so i asked we have two other elders and they both love to preach so they covered while i was gone and i planned for one of them to preach the week after i got back so that the week that i came back i was not sermon prepping i was just catching up reconnecting with people and doing the other aspects of pastoral ministry and that plus the email thing helped me a lot. And it was your um, what not to do that really helped me and prepared me for that that moment. So sorry, you were the guinea pig for us, but that was a really a helpful way for me, I think, hitting the ground jogging rather than 
kind of at a full sprint. And it was, it was very helpful to me. All right, brothers, let's give a, a kind of final parting word of encouragement. You can address either pastors or churches um, and their leaders, but what kind of, how would you close out as your final word? Yeah, I think just playing the long game, right? We, we want to have a, a long obedience in the same direction. We want to have, we don't want to burn out. We, d- we don't want to become spiritually unhealthy and disqualify ourselves. And so I, I think seeing a sabbatical as part of our endurance, um, I would just encourage guys to play the long game and, and just remember, you know, the, the Lord will build his church. And uh, who was that guy? You know, he said graveyards are filled with indispensable men. We're all dispensable. Someone's going to take the pulpit after us. And uh, Lord willing, we're, we're leaving. We're, we're going about our ministry in the strength and, and the health that the Lord gives us, but then also leaving our churches healthy. And so they need a healthy pastor if they're going to be a healthy church. And so I think a sabbatical is just so, so vital for that. You know, I think, I think what I would love to share is just to be open to what God wants to teach you. I kind of expected to, to grow in my relationship with my wife and my kids and have the writing time. And I don't think I expected to have such sweet time with the Lord. There was something about just being away from the pressures of ministry and having the space to be able to focus on God, just being in a different church every Sunday. I I took notes every Sunday and it wasn't to teach. It was just to grow. And um, yeah, God really met me in worship and in, in ways that I had not experienced in a long time. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, yeah, just a couple thoughts um, from my side. I think it's important to remember like any good thing that God gives to us, we can misuse it. So um, I think it does require intentional planning and praying and seeking God's face through it. I would also just add encourage brothers to guard their heart from being turned away from ministry during a sabbatical. I've spoken to pastors who just come back and yeah, and then they leave their church. Um, They spent their time away, not with the Lord soaking in the word and, and growing, but kind of musing over hurts and allowing the root of bitterness to go deeper. So I would encourage brothers in that way. But to think about some guys that might not be able to take a sabbatical anytime soon, or maybe even ever, there are other ways that we can find rest. I would encourage those brothers to re-engage with our God in some way, knowing that Jesus promises rest for our souls. And um, whether it's fasting, a day away, just time in the Word, um, even take a two-week vacation in the summer, but four Sundays off consecutively in preaching, um, do a pulpit swap, get some other brothers from like-minded churches in to get a break that you need. Um, Read David Murray's book, Reset and Refresh. Um, Those are really helpful on just encouraging pastors to rest. And one other thing is that, and I, I talk to other pastors about this, I find guys not taking a proper day off. And I think it starts to show up in our lives and our schedules by just exhaustion and burnout. So I would really encourage pastors to uh, guard a day off and um, get the the rest and the opportunity to do other things with and for your family during that time. But bottom line is we have to expect to be weary and tired and burdened um, in pastoral ministry, but it won't be forever. And I think we have to guard our hearts from self-pity and and just keep our eyes on Christ who really labored hard for our salvation um, and for his church and be willing to pour out our lives. Yeah. Like Paul said, as a drink offering for the sake of the gospel. Sage counsel, Dan. Thank you. I prayed going into sabbatical that the Lord would give me grace to have it as though not having it and to know that Jesus is my rest. And that's how I would encourage guys that Maybe sabbatical is not in the immediate future for you. And Dan's counsel is just so priceless of finding ways to get alone with the Lord and have him refresh your spirit because he is what was so meaningful 
about sabbatical and you have him still, even as you wait for this potential gift from him, that is very good. And for churches, I think this is really, we're talking about like a healthy HR practice that is so gracious and I think demonstrates the gospel in really beautiful ways that would really benefit your pastors and your church. And so may the Lord use it. We pray this conversation has been helpful to people and um, Lord willing, we'll use it to help the conversation either get started or move further down the road um, for a healthier church in small town New England. Brothers, thanks for your time and uh, your wisdom in all of this. Thanks, Ben. Thank Thank you, Ben. We pray that this conversation was a blessing to you and may he who is our rest sustain you in all things, whether you are taking a sabbatical or waiting for one or are content to have him sustain you in the midst of not having one. May Jesus be your rest. If you'd like to read that article that Tim referenced in the episode, you can find it at smalltownsummits.com articles. If you're interested in finding one of our summits in the upcoming year, you can find all of the summits that are held in each state at our website as well. If you have any questions in follow-up to this conversation about sabbaticals, we'd love for you to reach out to us. We'd love to be a resource to you in any way that we can. And if you'd like to partner with us in magnifying Christ in the small places of New England, you can check out ways to give online as well. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you.